A city based on industry, from market stalls to collieries, owners, directors, and entrepreneurs. Oh, we've got all that and more. No matter how high you fly, no matter how far you go, the spotlight's on you when we go wrecking home. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Wrexham Business Spotlight. This is a podcast that focuses on Wrexham businesses and Wrexham business owners. It's sponsored by AB Accountancy and hosted by myself, Adrian. This week's guest is Rob Clark, well-known, very well-known Wrexhamite, whose business is mad for movies. So, Rob, I've given you a little introduction, if you could just pad that out a bit and tell everyone about you and your business. It's a very nice introduction, indeed. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been mad for movies, which... Uh, uh, it's been in the town now since 2006, I say in the town, obviously, I was in the, started off in the butcher's market. Um, I'm now located up in Queen Square while they refurb the butcher's market. So, uh, yeah, I sell uh, movies, music, uh, books, and uh, a variety of other things that tie into that kind of, uh, okay. kind of media, um, yeah, kind of role. Okay, and you're... You're quite well known as an individual, never mind a business, I think, as well. Is that something you'd... Well, yeah, I suppose if you have been in, you know, through the business, I know a lot of a lot of people, and um, obviously having a presence in the town, I suppose you, you mm. do get known, and with regards to, you know, obviously following Wrexham Football Club has been a major thing as well. Um, my place, obviously, was a, it, it seems to be a bit of a, of a magnet for Wrexham fans to come and have a, have a moan or a cheer after the game. Yourself included sometimes. And yourself included, yes. We've, uh, we've put the world to rights on the Wrexham Football Club front a few times, haven't we? But, uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose, you know, as, as I say, being in the, being in the town and, and people know, know me and, and, and I've had a lot of other jobs in the past as well before I... I yeah. And I've lived in the town all my life. And you're a current star of the FX <laughs> Welcome to Wrexham documentary? Yeah, bizarrely. I still wake up and think, uh, you know, how bizarre it is. And people come in and see and show me on TV. Yeah, it's... Uh, Got your name on IMDb as well, I On IMDb. I was actually on IMDb before. That's a strange old thing. My friend, a good mate of mine, who I grew up with, Steve Evans, he... Uh, He's a bit of a, an amateur filmmaker. Well, he was an amateur filmmaker. Now he's, he's actually done documentaries and things he's screened, and, you know, and, um, and stuff on DVD and, and whatnot. Yes, I have had them in the shop. You know. But uh, so I've actually, in his early films, I was a, a, basically a gopher, uh, a stunt driver, I think I was credited as well. Oh, right. so, uh, which was basically driving my Vauxhall Nova down a country lane and then pressing the brakes and hopping, you know, uh, many, many years ago. But. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I got I got involved with the with the welcome to Wrexham through um, through what I was telling you about is, is people coming and, and speaking to mm. um, speaking to me about the match and there's a, a guy a local filmmaker was wanted to do his own I think he wanted to do his own um, his own uh, uh, documentary when the takeover was was came to light and he, he, a local filmmaker called Leighton Cox and he. Um, Someone told him that I was a, a Wrexham fan, and a lot of people, Wrexham fans, hung out in the shop and whatever. So 
he uh, he got he he started came in he filmed a few things himself and then he actually got hired by Welcome to Wrexham as a cameraman so he gave them my information and mm. they came in they said oh we know all about you would you like to be on it why not <laughs> great so just just to rewind a few steps from there really. Tell us about your background and, and what was the path to you having a DVD store in the town? Yeah, um, it goes by. I've always I've always liked the idea of, of, of making making yeah having a business if you like. You know, I've, I remember goodness me, it goes back a long way till I was about twelve or thirteen selling apples <laughs> with a couple of mates I got from my uh, from my, my, my nine and sides at the large back garden. So we had a we had a little uh, well a little business I suppose we don't even make much money going round door to door trying to sell apples but uh, even going back I think then, I think Alan Sugar used to sell fish didn't well they? exactly when he you know, out. You've so got to start you're on a very similar yeah, trajectory well right? you think I'm, I'm a couple of quid both ended up in technology as well <laughs> yeah retro technology now definitely but um, yeah um, I just I just I've, I've I went through school and um, you know I didn't do particularly well. Um, I, I struggled with maths, really bad with maths. It took me about four attempts to get my GCSE. Uh, I had to reset in Yale, and then um, I, I went on to a business degree course in Newey, as Wrexham University as it is now. Um, but I had to pass my maths in Yale first. I was on my last attempt, and I managed to get a C. When I was doing my, I did a did this business degree uh, from '96, um, and uh, I couldn't get past it. Was quantitative methods again struggled with numeracy yeah. and whatever. So the the second year of the degree, um, they said, "Well, you probably you know you've you've passed everything else, but you can't pass you haven't passed this." So what do you you know I was going to have to either reset the year or I could take do it like a top up and take a HND. But they did an assessment on me and found I had um, dyscalculia, okay. which uh, is basically dyslexia with numbers yeah. and sequences and things. So uh, that was why I struggled. I struggled through mathematics and, and number related mm. things. Throughout and undiagnosed all Yeah, yeah. Until, yeah. until 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 I was in you, and then someone did a report. And, uh, but I did the H and I, I thought there's no point repeating the year and, and trying. It was you know, I had it. You know, I mean, I thought I just can't face doing another year of this. You know, of like one or two subjects. I thought, no, I'll, I'll do the H and E, and then, and then uh, uh, yeah, thinking, well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll open up my own business, whatever, and, and, and I ended up working a call centre in Manweb. Um, <laughs> so off Scottish Power, it just turned to at the time, I think, and um, yeah, it wasn't um, wasn't a job I wanted to, to go into by any means. But your first your first real job, I suppose, and. Um, I learned a lot of things, you know, just even just just within the work, you know, being in the workplace, and mm. it's good in a way. And I, I met this does go to how I got involved in doing what I'm doing now. I met a, a lad there who was working with me, a, a Londoner called Darren, and um, he he taught me um, a bit about computers and, and whatever else, and you know, he, he, the systems. He was doing a bit of training, and. Um, trained us up on the, the, the package of the time that they were using for their software and all that. And good, good mates with Darren and found out he lived across the, the road from, uh, across the, the spider park, you know. Okay, yeah. I lived with my parents and so that time and um, he was across the spider park and um, so I used to get a lift to work with him. So I got good mates with him. Um, anyway, a long story short, 
uh, he got a job working up in up in Manchester for a, 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 a could be called a closeout company if you like. It's a company called uh, Brennan Atkinson who would basically buy um, buy a buy buy a job lot of say, widgets and from one company it was going out of season and selling to another company and. So he, he got a job working there, and I got a part-time job. I worked up up there for, you know, um, for for three days a week, and I was teaching. By that point, I was uh, teaching. Uh, I was IT doing some IT training. Uh, I actually had three jobs on the go at one point. One working in the Albert Centre in what was now the well Groves, it's all the bits now, but um, one working for a company called Net Education, and and then a couple of days, two or three days a week, up working for Brendan Atkinson. I thought I might want to move up there or whatever but my job was basically selling <laughs> samples and things on ebay and they'd have these like you know quite expensive watches and, and all kinds you could, like, one minute it was expensive watches another minute it was like frisbees you know it was really buzzing kind of uh, whatever they could get their hands whatever on they could get their hands yeah. on, but they were a really successful company in their own right you know they were a family-owned business and um yeah i ended up doing some it work with there and uh, and, and, and doing some online sales and i really kind of got to know ebay and, and things like that then you know um, which is 2002, so you know it was not everybody was using it then, um, and, I, and I, you could buy the, the, the items they had. You could buy at a discounted rate, and one of the one of the things was DVDs. It was in 2002, so a lot of people still had VHS tapes yeah, and things yeah, like that. Quite new, weren't they? Then? So I bought these these DVDs. I think they cost me two pounds fifty each, and they were the worst films in the world. Do you know what I mean? They were like Brad Pitt's first film when he was like. 15 and he'd have he didn't for like two minutes and he'd have his name all across the you know they were they were rubbish and um uh, some budget things but but what i did is i bought these these dvds and i, I thought well, i'll i i tried i i went down a car boot sale and i i sold them uh at five reach but then i had people bringing i did a few car boot sales and i had people bringing videos as well and and um other dvds like new and part exchanging them and I knew, you know, obviously, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I was, I was ugh, making a fortune, but I, mean, but I just loved it. I loved reading yeah. and dealing, you know. And um, you're a Wrexham Dell boy, aren't you? A Wrexham Dell boy, yeah, it was a bit like that. But uh, I just enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a big film fan anyway, mm. so it, it, it worked. Um, so that, that's really how I ended up buying and selling films. Um, At some point, you've gone from the car boots to having the physical store. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, I, 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 I say I had three jobs um, at one point, and, and then I just, I just got burnt out with IT. Really, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I wasn't really. It, it was. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just I, I had enough of it. Really, and I, I was, I was down to working one job in IT, and I, and and then I got a job working for M and S Money uh, on the business part, which wasn't particularly. Didn't particularly enjoy. Um, and another, another, another a lot of jobs that seem like could involve numbers, here, Rob. I, I know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know. I, probably why I didn't enjoy them. But um, no. Um, well, it was just account management and stuff like that, really, and, and, and a bit of IT work. Um, but I went work to work for an IT firm, and then I, I lost me uh, called GV Group, and then I, I lost my job, and ended up uh, well with between jobs basically. Um, uh, so one day I'm sitting at a friend of mine's house who'd also lost his job because he was a panel beater, but he started to develop vibration white finger. 
So as you can imagine, not ideal yeah. for, for Palmier. So um, we were sitting there and thinking, goodness me, look at us. And his wife said to us, you know, look at you like a pair of old, you know, washed up, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, oh, you know, I said, well, I, I don't really want to go back to um, to an IT job. I, I want to do something different. And she said, why don't you own a little stall in the market doing your DVDs, you know? And uh, I said, oh, it won't work, Danny. Well, what have you got to lose? So at the moment, I was, I was renting a room off of a mate of mine uh, at the time, and um, so I, I moved back home fully at my mum and dad's, and um, they, they were really supportive. Um, and they said, um, you know, if you want to do this, then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll help you out as much as we can. I had a bit, a bit of money from from my job, and um, yeah, I, I, I went to have a look at the people's market, and there wasn't particularly the stalls there, they didn't really lend themselves well, they wanted to lock up the unit. Yeah. Um, the butcher's market, it was full at the time, it was 2006. There's a lot of, obviously a lot of butchers still there then, um, and the various other stalls, so it was a busy little market. I got the smallest unit there, um, and I opened it up, and I did it, and my first day, uh, I, I was quite happy with what I did, you know, and I thought, well, this is quite cool. And then I had people bringing things in on a bigger scale in the car, mm. you know. Swap me things, you know, and you're learning, you're living on more rarer things coming in, which you're thinking, oh, okay, you know. And I just enjoy, you know, I just really, just really kind of got into it. And a year later, I, uh, yeah, 2007, October, the homebrew shop was downsizing, and uh, I took on that unit. So I moved to, to the unit I was in then for, well, until, until the summer. Until a few months ago, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I went, uh, just kind of like, I thought initially it'd be something to do while I thought of what to do for my career and then eventually I just never left. I did have, I did have a, an idea a few, of 2018, I kind of left, I say, for a few months. I, was, I remember the big announcement yeah. that you were shutting up shop. Well, yeah. I just, I don't know, you know, things had things were, were, were going down a bit and, and, and the rise of streaming um, I think it was affecting it. Mm. It sounds bizarre, I mean streaming's you know it's more it's, it, yeah. it is everything it's in, you know these days but at that point I think I don't know it was just a, it was a uh, things were going you know things were heading south and I got the opportunity to set business up with a mate of mine and thought we'd give it a go but I did keep the shop up and running with um, a retired gentleman that helps me out Dennis uh, who ran it for me, basically selling everything, you know, just to, as a favour to help me out. Um, sadly, it, it, the business with my friend didn't, it didn't, it didn't work. You know, we, we, we agreed after a few months that maybe we should go our own way. And he's still a good mate of mine now. So it's not and you went back to what you know? And I, th I, well, I just I thought, well, if I change a few things around and do a few other bit, you know, and, and change, all, change all the pricing structure, I renegotiated my rent on the shop, you know, which because I was on an older contract when I was paying more mm. than the new customers, would, new um, um, businesses were coming in were, were on a lot less. And I said, look, you know, if you, if you want, I can I can come back, but I'd have to. And to be fair, you know, they, they, they were they were very helpful to me. Um, and I started doing other little bits and bobs. I started doing more music CDs. Did a heck of a lot more online. Uh, took on books as well. Um, and just, but I, but it was mainly the, the I don't know, it was a straight girl thing because, as you say, it was, 
I did think that it was coming to an end, but I think I convinced myself due to the rise of streaming, you know, it was going down, but I, I think all it needed was a bit of a, some fresh ideas, really, mm -hmm. and the pricing structure was one of them, you know. Um, I, was, I was too, you know, maybe too dear for the general... So, so streaming must obviously have had a massive impact on your business, and we've seen there was a blockbusters in the town that's gone. There was a choices in the town that's gone. Probably some others I'm not thinking of right now. Goodness me! And, and, and yeah. you're also going, Rob. So, what's what's the secret? Well, yeah, you know, obviously they were rental stores and they were massive stores and whatever. I've I've always kept my costs very low, and if I can, you know, if I can make a make a profit. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go, I don't gamble. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I know my business back to front. Um, I, and I'm, I'm upset, you know, maybe obsessed, I suppose, in, in some way. I, I don't know, you know, just, I live the business, you know, yeah. to my wife and kids. And no, I, I obviously make time for my, my family, but, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I think it is the case now that, that obviously streaming came, um, but I'm starting noticing people saying, well, have you got some sort of, it was on Netflix, but it's not on Netflix anymore. Yeah. Uh, oh, right, okay, so there we are. The, the Marvel films being an example of yeah. that. I think they were on Netflix. So I guess the Netflix business model is to have what's new and current. Well, And once yeah. people have watched something, yeah. they're just looking for the next, the next, next programme all the time. They do a lot of their own films. So they're leaving the, sort of a, you know, the older end of the market for people like you, I guess. Well, there's a lot of films that aren't, that aren't any streaming service. And, and another thing, I had a guy in the other day, funnily enough, and he, he came in buying, uh, he was doing a pack exchange, a lot of, you know, new pack exchanges and whatever. There's a lot of things I don't bother with anymore because I've got too many of the same title or whatever else. But um, We'll get on to that one we'll in particular one later. In minute, yeah, it's a bit of the ongoing joke. But, um, uh, you know, I, I he, he had a little Britain off me and um, the in-betweeners, and he says, well, I want to watch them. How I've watched them, they're, they're edited or they're, you know, on these streaming services or they're not on these streaming services and things. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a number of things, to be honest with you. I, I do think now, there's, there's, there's not, I have such a vast array of stock. You know, it'd be hard for someone to come and, and do the similar kind of thing without having, stock, stock, you know, knowing the stock back and, you know, People say, do you have a database? I said, yeah, it's in here. You know, if you ask me if I've got a film, I'll tell you. you know, it's 40,000, will Yeah, I think one, one you've sort of brushed past, but you said to keep your costs low. Yeah, I yeah. definitely think there's lessons for all business owners and that. I've seen people start businesses and just seem to spend loads of money and you need to be able to weather tough times, don't you? And every business has them. 100%. That, that is one of the biggest things I would see with anybody starting a business. Uh, no, end of, no end of times, when I was in that market, people would say, well, why didn't you get a shop? Why didn't you... Now, my business, it worked in a market. I knew it worked in a market. It was doing okay. If I go to a shop, I might not... I might be in the wrong location, mm. you know. I might... I might. Uh, it's hard to get people through a little door for, you know, for, for shops. It is. It's difficult. Mm. People, shop owners will tell you that. In a market, people are wondering about and they're looking and... How I had my, my shop was, um, I had a unit, but it had things outside where people could look about and before they knew it, they were in and there was no kind of, um, they didn't feel awkward, you know. Sometimes you go into a shop and it could be deadly silence, there'd be nobody, you know, and it's, 
you can't really get out of there. But I always greet everybody with, um, you know, I'm always pleased when I see you. I, you know, if there's any particulars I say, give me a shout. So then they know straight away what to look for, and it, it breaks that awkward silence, you know. I do think, you know, I, I think the, the manner how you treat customers and how you engage with them when they first come into your business is, is, is massive. You know, you can, you can, you can, you can secure a customer if you like, or lose it straight away, however you are. And I think you can have a good product. If you don't have good customer service, that's, oh, that's pointless. People just want that customer yeah. service, don't they? Hundred percent. You know, people don't. People don't want to be bothered, but I find, but they do like, you know, they like a greeting, you know, and 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 uh, obviously when I say I've got that many, then you see my how how much stock I've got in my shop and and more obviously, the, the, in in my in my lockup and, and whatnot. So if they come in and I can say, well, you know, maybe you're looking for this, I'm looking for a copy of the Shine and whatever, I can tell them straight away, and then you can talk about the phone. If they don't want to talk, that's fine, you know, everyone, not everyone wants to talk. But I do find it, people people like that personal touch as well. And I get a lot of people who come in and say they miss the video shop, they miss coming in and choosing a film, they miss coming in and you can go on Netflix, you're sitting down at the end of the day, you can spend three hours scrolling through blooming rubbish and watching 20 minutes of one, that's crap, you know, 15 seconds of another, you know, someone was in that one. But when you when you used to go to the video shop, when you HMV or something like that, you know, and you used to choose something, oh, you read the back and think, but you had invested in it because you bought it or rented it, hadn't you? Yeah. So when you got home, very rarely do people turn things off. You know, there will be that film, everyone will have that film, they yeah. rent it out and can remember it because that's awful. But generally, you, you would watch it. And I think people, I'm, I like people come in and ask for recommendations. They like horror films, they like slasher, but well, I'll see, well, that's quite good. Or even if I don't watch a lot of slasher films, we get a lot of people come in and say, oh, have you seen some? So that's brilliant, you know. And horror nuts or, or people who like twists and thrillers and comedies, and whatever. But, uh, so yeah, there's, there's that, definitely that personal touch, I think, uh, I think well, helps a lot. Well, so is the one particular thing you find people are looking for now as the sort of industry has changed? Um, like a different genre people are looking for that doesn't go onto streaming or anything like that? There's a few, yeah, there are a lot of films that for some reason they, they, they got released on DVD or video or whatever. Um, they, they, they don't pick up by streaming services or... Um, or they, 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 it tends to be, I don't know really, it, 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 titles as such, but genres, um, horror films are always, they're always popular. I know there is a there is a streaming service I think which Shudder I think which is but it's I think there's a lot of budget movies and mm. whatever else but um, obviously at different times of the year different things sell if actors are in the news you know when Johnny Depp I tell you what right when Johnny Depp was in court with Amber Heard you were, you were cashing in were you oh Depp you know I was dragging out I mean, all kinds of Johnny Depp films yeah but he's it, currently in the news you find mm. when people pass away bless them you know. But, the names in the news again, and, and, and people will ask you, you know, for uh, I think, uh, Fools Rush In was uh, asked for that twice last uh, when Matthew Perry died mm. on the Friends box set. Um, you know, it's just because because the, the the name is in the in the news again, and people are just or if there's another film coming out, another Mission Impossible, you sell more the old Mission yeah. Impossible. You know, the, the the TV companies the same way. If there's another Mission Impossible, they'll put the Mission Impossibles on or whatever else. But people. You know, they, they come and ask me, you know, mm. so that helps. 
And I guess there is still a hardcore people that just like a physical film in their hands. More than I, more than I thought, really. Yeah. Collectibles kind yeah. of people. And look at the shelf and I've got all that collection there. There are people that come, come to my shop every day or every couple of days. Or every, certainly every week and they get a day off or whatever else to see what's new that's come in. Does someone from YouTube like they would have used a video rental service? Yeah, or pick absolutely. one up a couple of days later, half yeah. empty for something else. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, most most definitely, yeah. Because I've got so much stuff, and and, and they, if they, they like action films, they can come in and have free for a fire or whatever, and actually bring them back a couple of days, like a couple of quid against something else. And yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot that a lot to do that, yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I make sure that all my stock is. I've got. I'm, Bought uh, one of the best. Well, I bought, bought this when I like when I let's say my sabbatical. I think they call it. When I came back after a couple of months. Um, I bought a, an, like an industrial cleaner, if you like, a disc cleaner, um, and uh, I make sure everything, all the all the boxes are nice, um, all the, the discs. Are, so people get them. They they're not like something that's been found on the yeah, yeah. shelf of a charity shop. It looks you know someone's trod on it. You know. Um, so I think that you know, goes a long way. Okay, my shop might be a little bit Heath Robinson. You know, there's a few shelves that don't match and whatever else. And uh, but I make sure that the stock is always nicely presented. You know. So. But yeah. So do you think there'll always be a place for DVDs, or do you think there's sort of an end date on this? Um, who knows? Um, I, I, you know, I don't. I look at things about six. I judge every six months, really. You know, and that's what I did before. I thought, you know six months and I'm thinking oh, maybe it's time to, to get out or whatever but um, when I when I when, but obviously I came back but, um, I, so I judge it like that really I, I'm who knows I used to think oh I, I worry about job security but then then I feel about your mates of mine who are you know uh, in various companies and whatever else and they get you know there's redundancies and lots of people moving the job I mean, my jobs I suppose even with what I do with Essentially, people looking and thinking, well, that's on the on the downward spiral. Physical media, it's probably no. My job's probably no less secure than uh, no, no, no less secure than, than any other job, is it really? So, yeah. You know. The difference is it's it's your decision when you make it's, yourself redundant rather than yeah, someone else's. Absolutely. You know, I I, I honestly, I, who knows? You know, I, the the point you, as long as there's enough people buying them for whatever reason, if they're collectors, if they want to search for stuff they can't find online or if they want a physical copy or if they like the rental bit where they buy them and bring them back and mm. swap them. As long as there's enough of those people, but I have to you know, I have to I can't slack with my job. I've gotta, you know, I've gotta be I can't have loads of days off. I can't, you know, I have got to get on top of my lockup and I have a problem with that, you know, when I buy my work hard and have it. Um, it's not easy, mm. you know. Um, but it's it's why why it's my baby if you like this the yeah. shop and it's when I built up. But I will cut you know when 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 it's not if I feel it's not going right I'll one day I'll shut down. You know. That'd be a sad day, Rob. Well, hopefully it's not soon. Yeah. So come on, let's do it. What is V one film that you have got the most copies of? Well, there's Ra a bit, rap that database you've always told us. It's about. a bit of an ongoing joke with Donnie Darko. The uh, yeah, I think the, the, the yeah, I, at one point, I, I how I don't know, but I ended up with about 50 copies of it, various ones that came on and swaps and ones that bought and 
And it was what it's not exactly it doesn't exactly fly off the shelf. I think yeah. there was a there was a but one a, case, wasn't it? I'll sell you that DVD for two quid, one pound fifty if you take a Donnie Darko with it. Darko, yeah, it's just become a bit of a joke on my socials <laughs> as uh, you that you follow me, you know, you know. There's always quite often a Donnie Darko reference mm-hmm. or a, a Charlie's Angels uh, or Mission Impossible Two was the other one. Yeah, I did a I did a massive stock take in the in the lockdown and I found um, I thought I just I can get everything together and box it up. And, you know, I, I know what I've got, um, how many of them, I keep a good records of how many films I have, you know. And, but um, I found out I had like a box full of rock and rollers, you know, the, the Guy Ritchie film. I was like, how are they? I took me, my, it took me, me, me eye off the ball with that one. I, I curbed the Donnie Darko's and uh, to the extent that not that long ago, someone asked me for Donnie Darko and I didn't have one. No. <laughs> I swear. Oh, what I, did you do with 50 oh, Donnie Darko's? Oh, exactly. They must have gone. But, um, I must have eventually sold over the years, but I've got I've built my stash back up now, so I've probably got enough. Did you sell them Donnie Darkos to your your big celebrities who came in to visit you? Let's talk about that. Oh, the big celebrities, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, through the Welcome to Wrexham, um, maybe have a bit of a background to it. Uh, one of the producers phoned me up. October, November, was it when he came over? I think. The Maidenhead, yeah, the first visit, yeah. wasn't it? I said, yeah. They did a bit of a tour of the town. They, they did a tour of the town, yeah. and, and, and they said, Rob, would you like, would you like Rob and Ryan to come and see you? I'm like, in the shop. I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> I'm going to say no. So they said, look, you, you know, you can't tell anybody about this. This was the day before. Can't tell anybody they're going to come in because if there's loads of people there, and this was still a time when we, we, we some COVID restrictions to yeah. do a COVID test and, and things like that. And, uh, can't let anyone know. And I think, I think Ryan particularly was concerned about catching COVID and not being able to fly home, wasn't he? Yeah, On yeah. On his first visit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it was, yeah, it, it was bizarre, you know, the whole the whole thing. But um, I said, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll trade as normal. Um, I can't even tell you the traders in the market. Um, but they, some of them twigged because when the film crew came in the market, they turned the music off. So when the music went off, they knew that somebody was coming to film, and obviously they knew Ryan and Rob were around, and they were in the parish church, and they knew that they were in sound, and then they, they came up. So I, they, they would phone me and give me like a, like a, like a five-minute five minute warning, if you like that, to get people, you know, just to let people know that was, something was going on. And I had a guy there... He'd come in, he's a bit of a character, he's, he's a good guy. He came in with about four or five children with him who were running riots. And he'd always look through my sale pile, which was the pound section, or 15 for a fiver. Probably a Donnie Darko would say in there, I think. But um, And he was piling up trying to find 15 he hadn't seen. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to say it with him. But I did, I say, not to tell anybody, uh, they told me, but I had to tell my wife, you know, I can't keep the secret like that, she'd kill me. So, oh yeah, Ryan and Rob were in the shop, but I didn't tell you. And it was holiday, so like the kids in as well, they were really bored, I couldn't tell them, and they were just sitting in the corner of the shop, you know, like uh, watching YouTube on the phone. Well, why were you done? So, um, so I kind of was there, like, you, you know, my wife Carrie, she, she was like, you're going to have to say it with him, look, he's going to have to leave, you can't. It's Rob and Ryan going to come, they're going to see him there, with all these thousands of kids running around, well, fine. But um, they're not going to come in, and I was like, I have to say, look, mate, I've got an emergency. I've just found the last one, he says. I'm there grabbing because obviously I keep the discs out of the cases. And, yeah. and I'm there putting all these, uh, these these discs in and I just about did it. And then about a, a minute or two later, came, you know, the, the, the security lock came 
uh, the entourage, if you yeah. like, and then Ryan and Rob, or I think Rob walked in the shop first, and then Ryan came in. Yeah, so uh, yeah, unbelievable. To be honest, it was. Uh, they were really nice, really nice guys talking to me like I'm talking to you now. You know, um, really interested and they could. I think Ryan said I've never seen so many, so many DVDs in one place. He's like, uh, Rob was like, yeah, goodness me. And then he came up and he said to me, um, he said, I have all these, uh, all these, uh, these films here. I think he thought I was a rental shop at first. I was like, he said, is there anyone you've not rented? Uh, it was an own goal, you know. It was a, it was a, it was an open goal. So yeah, to say. Yeah. I have to say, you know, I turned to Rob and I said, "Well, we want to talk about the Green Lantern," which he then laughed and uh, he said, "Well, I, something like I don't think the not even the producers could sell that one or something." And uh, he actually, Rob and, and Ryan gave me some some DVDs that they brought in and um, signed them all. Three guys and all with Sunny and um, yeah. and one with Green Lantern, and it was. Um, Apologies in advance, Ryan Reynolds. Such so was a nice touch, but yeah, totally bizarre, um, surreal, but everything's surreal in Wrexham these days, isn't it? And then Ryan followed up by sending me a load of films, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah, that, that was... Made the press? The following summer, yeah, the following summer we, we, we was on a family holiday in, um, down in the Cotswolds, it was lovely weather, we were there, we were in a little cottage there, it was lovely, and the end of the day we'd gone out to... Gone out and uh, me and Carrie sitting down and watching TV and get this this message through on my phone. And bear in mind, I'm quite active on Twitter now, but I've had a Twitter account for like ten years and I couldn't get I couldn't understand what it was. You know, I couldn't get, just couldn't get into it. Message uh, Ryan Reynolds followed you. And there was a message come on out and I'm like, Carrie, is, what's going on here? Is this this is truly a fake. She's like, no, look, you know, he's got a blue ticket to the Ryan Reynolds. What's he saying, Rob? Um, I have some I have some DVDs to send you, like that. I was like, why do I? Know? So I'm I'm actually talking via Twitter, um, to him, and he he's, he's saying like, uh, basically him and Blake had a had a clear out of uh, of one of the rooms, and uh, they had a load of um, they were actually they had a load of Donny Darkos, didn't they? Donny Darkos, yeah, I think, yeah. Imagine if if Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> bought the club and uh, yeah, he's in Donny Darkos. Sent me a load of copies of Donnie Darko. I sent them back, you know, so, you know I've too many of them. But uh, yeah, he sent me a load of Deadpool's and uh, Blake Light, uh, Blake's um, big film was uh, Age of Adeline, amongst, amongst others, and a load of those. And yeah, it was it was really surreal. I, uh, this package came at home, and they, yeah, they were autographed. I think, and I thanked him very much. And, and then I thought, you know, he said, well, you can, you know, put the email. He goes, they might not play on 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 your system over there. I can understand it as a different system, which. They do, you know, obviously they, 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 the B blue is in the zone A and the zone B. Um, but he said they might look cool in the shop. But I thought I could do some good with these because I thought I can I can do a bit for charity with some of them because I've got that many of them. I don't need loads of them, you know. <laughs> Even if I put them on the walls in the shop or whatever, I, can, you know, I don't really want to cover them with this. And I thought, well, my, my son's got a got a rare blood disorder, uh, ITP, which nobody knows exactly what it is, you know, he, he explained to me, and never, no one's ever heard of it, neither did we, until he was diagnosed with it, goes back to his, just before his second birthday, when he was in the nursery, and he, he, we noticed he was, he was bruising very easily, and covered in, covered in bruises, and uh, we were told in the nursery, and said, look, take him to the doctors, and take him to the hospital, and get him checked out, we were a bit worried about him, so our world got turned upside down, um, we feared, you know, it could be anything, and um, yeah, I, ITP, 
So we uh, we went through the mill for years with Charlie. Is, is you know basically covered in bruises and uh, cuts to him, and we had to be treated in the children's ward. I felt like I had my own seat there and was there that, that often. Luckily, he's on some medication these days, which does give him some platelets, so he can do you know he can function yeah, yeah. normally if you like. But, you know, obviously, uh, he, there's, there's contact sports and things. He, he won't be able to participate. And we've got to be very careful with him. Um, but I thought it'd be a great. I, I've always wanted to raise money for, you know, raise awareness more than anything mm -hmm. of, of ITP. So I thought I'd do it. So I phoned up ITP Awareness, which is based in in Luton, uh, Luton way down there. And I said, uh, "This might sound very strange." I said, um, "Do you know who Ryan Reynolds is?" <laughs> so I'm like, "Yeah." So well, he's just bought my football club. Oh yeah, Wrexham. Oh yeah, we know all about that. And um, he's donated me some some signed. I'd like to raffle them or auction them, whatever, and, and raise some money for, an awareness for, for, for you guys, you know. And we raised, with, with raffles, local raffles and a, and a couple of eBay auctions, we raised over two two thousand four hundred pounds That's great. So, you know, and, and, it, and it made the, it made, but I asked Ryan first, because I mean, he sent them to me, and I said, look, can I, can I use them for it? I didn't want, you know, him being, his name, I mean, people get the wrong end of the stick, and they think that he's raising money for his charity, and whatever else, and we might, I gave him a background and I said what was going on. He, he was really, you know, he was asking me about Charlie basically more than anything. He was saying, I'm really sorry that you know Charlie, Charlie, Charlie lives with that and whatever. You, of course, you can use them however you want to, you know. And as I say, we raised raised that amount of money for for Charlie, of course, close to my heart. It was it was fantastic to do to be able to do something with them. And part of a bigger picture is the awareness you raised as well. Oh, 100 percent. I had a, a girl comes in my shop. And uh, she came in with her mum and she said, I've never met anybody else with ITP. She she'd had it since she was 17 or something, like 30 something now, and they didn't know what it was for years, you know. And, and eventually they diagnosed it, and she was quite, quite emotional, really. And she thought it was fantastic, you know, of, of the awareness of it all. And Hello, everybody. This episode of the Wrexham Business Spotlight is sponsored by AB Accountancy, who are an accountancy firm based in the heart of Wrexham, who believe in producing high quality accounts an unbeatable customer service. You can visit our website www.abaccountancy.co or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram where we regularly post hints and tips to help you with your accounts and your tax. If you'd like to sponsor an episode of this podcast in season two, please get in touch. Right, sorry for disturbing you, let's get back to the podcast. I mean, ho hopefully one of the things this podcast does is help people who want to think about starting businesses. A market yeah. store is a a good way in, isn't it? It's a low cost oh, yeah. option to yeah. to get yourself started and get yourself trading. Ab absolutely, you know there there have been there have been businesses in the town uh, over the going back for years who started in market stalls and, and got bigger and, and moved into different premises and um, and also like people like yourself who are quite you know if you're a creature to have it you know uh, I think my my business suits a market so I'll look to stay in a, a market or a market environment like I'm in now. Um, but every business is different, isn't it? But yeah, it is absolutely, I and mean, it it should be a low cost entry, if you like, into into retail in your your own business. Yeah. Um, right, Rob. Let's wrap up with the same three questions I give to everyone. Okay. What does success look like for you? Success is is, is as I say, looking at the looking at the short term future and and, and achieving those goals and, and keep on trading. You know. Um, just keeping keeping going really. Um, I'm, I do I do like to 
think what I can, what a little bit of extra bits I can do to, to change it. I've recently started doing puzzle magazines, you know, like the crosswords, and okay. they tie in with the books and things that I do. Um, it's just little, little bit of little extras, you know, that, that, that aren't too out there, you know, if I start selling, I don't know, I mean, uh, you know, trainers or whatever, it might be a bit, uh, but some, any little things that tie in with, with what I do, and I, I, it keeps the mind active and it keeps the business fresh, you know, just little things, but yeah, success to me is, is, I think I've been successful, you know, still be, People, a lot of people say, well, goodness me, how are you, how are you still going with physical media after all these years? But I think having a good knowledge, mm. a, a good stock level, and basically giving, giving 100% to it, and I do that. You definitely do. I'll vouch for mm. that. Um, so if someone was starting a business and they approached you as a very long, successful business owner, what's the one piece of advice you could give them? Um, the lo- just, you've got... Just, just give it your all. Just give it your all. If you're a shop, open, open up. Don't come in for an hour a day. Don't think, oh, this is rubbish. Uh, I'm going at twelve o'clock because I've, I've hardly done anything. You've got to, you, you, you've got to, you've got to, you have to give it time. And I know it's difficult. It's difficult. You know, I've known businesses come in the market and they, they open up and they've got a family and they've got you know a mortgage, they've got you know the second job and whatever else. I was lucky that when I started mine, I had a little bit of money behind me. I, I moved back to live with my parents, um, you know, and and, and and I got their full support. And I had a lot of stock already that I, I accrued, mm. so I was very fortunate. And and not it's very hard. It, it's, it's really hard, but. You've got what you've got to do. You have to give it your have to give it your all and listen to people. Any advice? Be be nice to people. You know, even if you don't agree with if people come in the shop and they, they, they you know they, they have some opinions you don't agree with or whatever else. Change the subject. Be nice to them. You know, just you know you, you have to. Obviously, there's that thing the customer's always right, but I don't know if I fully agree with the customer always being right. You know, I think, but I think you've got to. Um, You've got to engage with with people, um, mm-hmm. and listen to people who've been in the game for a long time. You might not take all their advice, but when I first went, you know, I remember um, the, the guy who had a, a bookstore, second-hand bookstore. Ironic that I'm doing a second-hand bookstore as well now. Um, and he said, that, you know, use every bit of your shop because you're paying for it. Use any bit of space you can without it looking over over yeah. But he says you're paying for that space there. Get, if you can get a shelf up, do it. You know, the more things you have in your shop, the more likely you are you are to sell them, aren't you? Yeah. You know, if you've only got, I mean, hundred pounds worth of stock, you know, you're not going to make any money, are you? You know, so um, those are my little pearls of wisdom, I suppose. Thank you. Um, and the spotlight has been on you on the Rex and Business Spotlight for this episode. Time for you to return favour, shine it back on another business that you think needs a bit of praise. I'll shine it out on a on a great little business that. Um, that I look up to, I think, really, and, and it's a similar business to mine, but different. It's Moonlight Records, upon time. Okay, yeah. Brian, who owns it, is, has owned that since 1987, I think. Um, CDs and vinyl back then. Vinyl's come yeah, back yeah. in with a, with a smash, hasn't it? Let's be honest. He's probably on his second, uh, second is. breath, isn't he? Yeah, he is, you know, and, and he still goes. You know, and he, he's Location-wise, he's a bit off the beaten track, but... Uh, you know, he, he's specialist, he knows his stuff, he gives it his all, he has done 30 odd years, and um, 
yeah, he's 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 a good guy, um, and I, I, he's got a smashing little business there, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'd, I'd like to give him a shout out. Excellent, Brian from Moonlight Records, and this has been Rob from Mad for Movies. Rob, thank you very much. Hey, great, fantastic, loved it, mate. Yes. Hello everybody, it's Adrian here. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Wrexham Business Spotlight podcast. Very much appreciated. Please also support our guests and their wonderful businesses. You can like and subscribe to this. You could share the podcast so your friends can enjoy it. And you could also find us on social media, on Facebook,